Hello, hello. Welcome to the AC Visions Family Talk Podcast. I'm your host, AC. Here is where we discuss all things faith and family. I share real life stories of home life as a wife, mother of five, home educator, and all the learning curves my family and I are journeying through. As you can imagine, we're in a busy season and I have a lot to share. The goal, getting back to the basics of raising strong families. Let's talk about it. Hello, hello. Welcome to episode 16 entitled Faith and Doubt. If you can imagine, we're near the end of season two of the AC Visions Family Talk podcast. I want to bring this season to a healthy end and also give some nuggets into the theme for season three. It both terrifies and excites me because I I have to have some hard conversations and I'm going to have those conversations with hubby about some things. <laughs> And also I feel the Lord breaking up some hard ground in my heart and I want to be able to have those tough conversations, which is why today's episode, I have to unpack what I've been learning about faith and doubt. Before we jump into that segment of the podcast, let's jump into some AC Pearls. Matthew 14, 25 to 32. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take courage. It is I do not be afraid. Peter responded and said to him, Lord, If it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, come. And Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But seeing the wind, he became frightened. And when he began to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out with his hand and took hold of him and said to him, you of little faith, why do you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind stopped. Oh, fear, doubt, and worry, how you have been a companion for us. (laughs) It's a trifecta of faith killers. I'm both excited to share what God has been breaking up in my heart and trembling because once something is revealed to me through scripture, it takes serious skill and denial to pretend I don't know or completely ignore its application for my life. I'm not even sure the enemy has to come along and snatch the seed that's planted in my heart. We do a pretty good job all by ourselves pretending they're not there. We never heard it. We didn't know. So here we have the disciples. They see Jesus walking on the water and they are afraid. They call Jesus a ghost. Pause for just a second. My initial thought when I read that verse is, so the disciples believe in ghosts? It's like you're walking with the living God and human flesh and you believe in ghosts. Anyway, I digress. My second thought is it's amazing how we as humans easily spook. (laughs) (laughs) Pineapple. Especially with the supernatural. It's a natural defense mechanism. And so there's there's nothing to be ashamed about. It's just naturally we are just fearful. 
every time an angel had to deliver a message to um, a human, I'm going to say that, that just sounds funny to me now, a human, they give the standard salutations. Hello, I'm from God. Do not be afraid. Keep it together. Have courage. I got a message for you. Every time I see the word if in scripture, I pay really close attention because it reminds me of the language Satan used while he, when he tempted Jesus in the desert in Matthew chapter four, if you are the son of God, do this. If you are the son of God, command this. If you bow down and worship me, if, if, if Satan knows who Jesus is better than we do yet. He uses the word if, why is that? To just plainly put, to interject doubt, just like Peter, why, why do we use that same language, that if clause in our language when we know and we have witnessed God's presence in our lives? I will answer that question for myself, which brings us to the topic of this episode, faith and doubt. That's usually the bottom line of all the if clauses the if language, the if questioning, it mm, nine times out of 10 boils down to doubt. And what I have to ask myself is why am I doubting? What do I doubt? Here's where grace and patience of God comes in. Peter says, if, if you are who you say you are, command me to come out into the water. Jesus said, come Peter walks on the water. That's a miracle, by the way. Let's not overlook that. But it's still not enough of a sign or a wonder because we're fickle human beings. It only takes a gust of wind, bad news, or a situationship not to work out in our favor for us to forget all the wonderful things that has happened to us. <laughs> Get it? Signs, wonders. The wonderful things that happened to us. Oh, <laughs> pineapple. Peter is literally still afloat. He's sinking, but he's not submerged underwater drowning. He sees the wind, which you really can't see the wind. You can only see the effects of the wind on our environment. He becomes frightened and he begins to sink. Modern day application is this. You... You get a $5,000 tax bill in the mail and forget all about how God sustained you through a pandemic. Uh, you get into a squabble with your coworkers. You forget how awful the last job was and what a relief that God opened up this opportunity for you to walk into. That baby that keeps you up and you can't get any sleep because they're colicky or they're just crying because they're less than one year old. You forget how many years you prayed and begged God to give you a child. Here comes Jesus to save us over and over again from our fear and doubt. He reaches out and takes hold, hold of Peter and said, you of little faith. Why do you doubt? I just love the questions that God asks of us when we're flailing, we're sinking, we're worrying, we're doubting, we're not exercising faith. The simple questions that he asks us, why do you doubt? It forces us to introspectively answer the question, not really answer it to God because he knows everything. We have to ask that question for ourselves. Maybe we don't do that to and for ourselves. We don't ask ourselves those tough questions and then we have to answer them.
Why do I doubt? Here's an AC Pearl to wrap up the segment. The story of Peter walking on water is a reminder of God's patience and grace. Peter walked on water. Then later on the gospel story, he denied Jesus three times. Yet God still used Peter to be a witness and preach the gospel message. The Bible says without, without faith, it's impossible to please God. That's in Hebrews uh, 611. That means when we're walking with a posture of faithlessness, it does not please God. Fear, worry, doubt, anxiety, uh, reacting to every wind and wave that comes our way. God is not pleased. Faith is something that takes practice and courage. The courage to respond well, despite the chaos all around us. Practicing having faith, practicing exercising what is true and being honest with ourselves is so important because we are fickle. That's probably going to be my new favorite word, fickle. And we're prone to doubt even after all we've witnessed God do in our lives, in our lives, even after all that he's done, um, all that he will do, all that he is currently doing. We're fickle. James 2.20 says faith without works is dead. It's useless. What are we doing day to day, year after year, if all we're giving God is lip service, demonstrating our unbelief through worry, fear, and doubt? AC Talk. Hubby and I have been doing a lot of couples sessions lately, uh, unpacking and fine-tuning some things in our marriage. Lord willing, I'd like to highlight some of those conversations in a special couples edition of the AC Visions Family Talk podcast. It's all about taking the time to both highlight the male and female perspective. And it's about time for the male perspective on a lot of what I've been speaking to from the perspective of a woman, a wife, and a mommy at home. There is so much hubby can weigh in on. And I'm praying we can, we get to unpack it over the holidays and in time for season three after the new year, but we'll see. I don't want to put too much pressure on myself. So we'll see, Lord willing. Y'all, the holiday season is upon us. It's here and the year has officially flown by and it's time to start planning for 2024 and I'm not ready. My, I mean, usually around my birthday and the new year, that's like usually my favorite time of year yeah, is when I have, I turn a new age, the calendar flips to a new year and it, it's a perfect opportunity to turn a new leaf, flip to a new chapter and purposely enter into a new season. But something just feels kind of rushed this year and I don't know, I don't know. Hopefully I'll just shake it off in a few weeks or so. But speaking of season, hubby and I are noticing a shift in our marriage. We're at 10 years. That's a great milestone. We can definitely look back and see how we've matured and grown closer over the years. At this particular junction in our marriage, there's a there's a tugging for both of us to expose a few areas of our our individual walks and marriage to God's truth. Hubby is definitely going to weigh in on that conversation in future episodes, but for today, I want to talk about fear, worry, doubt, and how it all relates to our faith. 
at this particular age and season of my life, I'm praying for God to help me grow deeper in my awareness of what it looks like tangibly, what it looks like to have a, a faithless posture and to help me to be more mindful of when I doubt. Yes, I want to highlight the bad because it's easy for me to look at the good and be like, okay, give myself a pat on the back. I'm doing great. But I'm like purposely asking God to help me to identify when my posture is faithless. Just not just not just doubting God and what he can do by extension. I want him to reveal to me when I doubt my husband, when I'm doubting if my friends and family circumstances will ever change. I'm doubting if the things in my business that I've been praying for are for me and if God can work it out. I'm treating doubt like sin. There is no greater or lesser form of doubt in my book. I I either have faith in God um, that he's in control and he's working things out for my good, even when it doesn't feel like it or it's not true. That's that's how absolute I'm trying to get to, because if I'm honest with myself, doubt is like one of those things that if you don't treat it as absolutely you're doubting or you're not, you can treat it like a half truth. You can treat it like a white lie. It can be, eh, yes, I have faith, but your entire heart posture is screaming. You actually don't. And I, I just don't want to be, I don't want to be in that warm zone. I want to be hot or cold when it comes to my faith and knowing if I'm doubting or not. First uh, John chapter one says, God is light. In him, there is no darkness. If we say we have fellowship with him, yet walk in darkness, we lie. And we don't, we don't practice the truth that, that word practice is a key, is a key word to me. Being honest with ourselves takes practice. The fact that we have to practice the truth tells me that I'm prone to lie. I'm prone to lies and I'm prone to deception. Listen, with children, here's a great example. We don't have to teach children how to steal, how to fall out and throw temper tantrums, lie and manipulate parents. They are naturals at it. (laughs) As we get older, we learn more about God and who God is and examine our sin nature. If we say we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. That's John 1, 8. So if I say I'm not doubting, statistically, if I look over the last year of my life, and I'm like, yep, I'm full of faith. I have no doubt. Everything is going great. Hmm. Hmm. Mm, really? It's been a year and you're not doubting anything. Yeah. I question myself because I, and I don't want to be deceived. It's just another lie on top of all the other lies that we tell ourselves. Those half lies is a full lie. Okay. Uh, a little bit is still an inch away from an absolute truth towards a half lie, a half deception, Uh, It's kind of okay. It's sort of kind of like that type of language is all the same to me. God said he would forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. When we confess our sin, Jesus said he is faithful and he is righteous. He'll forgive us and cleanse us. Here's the gag. If we say we have no sin, we make Jesus a liar and his word is not in us. That that's what the scripture says. First John in layman's terms, 
somebody lying. Is it you? The perfect and blameless human? (laughs) Don't even sound right. Or the creator of the heavens and earth? Both cannot be true. So which is it? And so when I'm examining my own heart, examining my own posture, examining uh, this last year that has gone by, I know it's not up yet, but you know, work with me. I have to examine myself and just question, just ask the question to myself. Hmm, what's been going on with you, Alexis? What's been going on in your heart? Do you doubt? And you know what? Impatience. I'll just throw in impatience as another synonym of doubt. When I'm impatient, I'm waiting on God, not knowing when he's going to show up and show out for me or when this prayer is going to get answered or if, uh, if he's going to work this out or if the answer is no and all the above, it's all the same. And what I've been learning is God just needs me to chill, just relax, sit back. I present my petitions to him. I thank God for what he's doing in my life. I, I pray fervently and often but I'm not worrying and stressing about it. And I'm just waiting. It's the only thing I, the only thing that I should be impatient about is waiting eagerly to see how he's going to work it out. Doesn't mean the answer is going to be yes. Now the answer could very well be no, but I trust that I get to see how he's going to work it out for my good. I believe God is light. I know that I'm a sinner The more I practice living in what is true and right, the closer I get to the light of the world. Here's the painful part. The more the light exposes the darkness in me, the more painfully aware I am of my broken and fallen nature. This is what God has been teaching me. Yes, light exposes, but it also clarifies and makes things brighter. There is freedom in understanding the things that we previously couldn't see for what it was for the things that we're currently in. The, uh, there's freedom in him clarifying the things that we're going through currently and the things that we have yet to have the opportunity to give it to God so that he can wash and, and, and purge it from our lives. Yes. I say opportunity because when he reveals something in you, when he clarifies things for you, when he opens your eyes and undoes your ears It's an opportunity to respond and it's up to us to respond well. When we do not respond well, to me, that's doubt. I'll speak for myself when I don't respond well, when he presents the opportunity, when he clarifies things, when he shines the light and exposes and digs up dirt um, in my own heart. And when I don't respond, when I fight against it, when I, for lack of a better term, turn a blind eye eye to the things that he's clearly exposing in my life when I'm not sensitive to that exposure. It's doubt. It's the lie I choose to tell myself. Allow me to share some things I have to give to God to help expose, clarify, and purge from my heart. As a mommy at home, it is tempting to get bogged down with the same laundry, the same dishes, the same floors that I sweep and mop. (laughs) the same need to do lesson planning or stay up late doing homework with my children. I, I did it for my son um, when he was in public school. I do the same thing with my four girls as, as a homeschool mom. It's like going through the, your children's grade level with them. By the time I'm 50, I'll probably have, I would have gone K through 12, five times with my children. And it's insane to think about, but that's the reality of situation. 
I'm going through grade school five times with my children. And I used to tell my son when he didn't want to do his homework, I'd be like, hey, I already passed the third grade. I shouldn't have to go through the third grade again. You need to do your own work. And as a homeschool mom, as much as I love to teach, I get drained when my children are not grasping the information as quickly as I'd like them to so we can move on to the next lesson. It's easy to get bogged down when the repetitiveness of the same thing every day, day in, day out, is just, it's just glaring at you. Sometimes you have to break up the monotony. Sometimes you don't have a choice. It's kind of the season of life that you're in. It's easy to get bogged down with the repetitiveness of the same thing day in, day out. It's easy to lose heart and perspective of why you're doing half the things that you're doing in the first place. Insert the reason to doubt your life choices. Insert the reason to doubt God's goodness. Doubt if this season of life will get you, will get more fun. Can I say more fun? I think I can, yeah. Doubt if this season of life will ever get funner. <laughs> no, I know I can't say that, but it sounds funner. Doubt if it'll get less stressful. Doubt if, and you fill in the blank. If you're a working mom or maybe you run a business, it's tempting to get discouraged because you don't feel that you don't have something for yourself. Everything outside of you is just being sucked out, even if they are your passions. Cue the sneaky serpent to layer on the doubt on top of being disheartened, on top of feeling discouraged, on top of losing sight of the point of it all. Let's throw in some guilt. Why not? You're supposed to have faith and trust in God to, for the plan for your life. But the pressure is real and overwhelming. Hmm. Let's throw in some cyclic frustrations. The children don't listen. You teach them how to make their bed, clean up, clean up after themselves, use their manners and flush the toilet. But you keep finding filthy rooms and a turd in the toilet with no trace of toilet paper. Like, <laughs> did the toilet paper flush and the turd didn't? Is oh, Sorry about that. Here's the coup de grace. Days when you come out of your bedroom in the morning, vibrant, full of energy, ready to face the day, no matter what the challenge of life throws at you. And all you see is the hurricane of the mess that was not there the night before. And you have to literally restart and reset your day. All the plans that you thought that you could do because you can conquer your day. You've just been deflated to going right back to dishes, toilets, kids fighting. <laughs> Why is the stove on? Oh, the car won't start. Oh, your cousin is calling because they want more money or they want to ask for more money. Insert the lie. It's always going to be like this. Things will never change. What's the point? If you're a stay-at-home mommy like I am, there there isn't another adult in the house and you don't want to take your frustration out on the children. So what do you do? You bury it. Things that get buried aren't exposed to light. I'll say that one more time. We bury our feelings. We bury our frustrations. We bury the things that we don't want to get bubbled over with worrying about, right? So what do we do with them? We bury them. Things that get buried 
cannot be exposed to the light. And pressure bust pipes last time I checked. So it's not going to stay buried. We hide them. We conceal our state of well-being. And we, we have officially entered into a state of practicing lying, deceiving, untruths, half-truths. It's okay. We're fine. You know, yada, yada, yada. Things you say when you go to church on Sunday. And the sweet old lady asks you, hey, Alexis, how are you doing? And you're like, oh, I'm fine. Lies. <laughs> sure, okay. To, for the benefit of the doubt, some people have not figured out how to express themselves, express their frustrations without telling the sweet old church lady, me and my husband just got in a fight in the car. <laughs> I might have said some unchoice words that I'm trying to brush that off so I can get in the spirit and worship. And, you know, you, you don't want that awkwardness, but the enemy has you right where he wants you in a blind spot. Focus on the trial Focus on the the wind, focus on the waves, buried and layered in lies and discontentment. Hmm. Discouraged, hopeless, bitter, anger, regret. Pick a synonym. All those fun synonyms. Questioning your life choices. Ooh, that's when it gets you get into deep water there. When the the bitterness turns to questioning your life choices. That's when you go deeper and deeper into the lie. Oh, here's a good one. You start to look for ways of escape. Now, I, I mean, this dark path can go as deep as you want me to go. <laughs> I'm just giving you examples. Why and how do we get to that state of mind? Not practicing the truth and doubting God's goodness. All that I just listed is not necessarily, they're not necessarily bad things. I think sometimes when we have these thoughts in our head, we, we automatically associate them with, oh my gosh, that's bad. That's horrible. Some of it is evil. I'm not gonna lie. But a lot of it is just the natural process of your brain trying to understand your circumstances, how difficult it is and look for a way of relief. That's natural. Now, if you're talking about stepping out on your husband or your wife, okay, I'm not talking about that. (laughs) But those are all real challenges that come with certain life choices. When we commit to the work of home and family, it is going to be hard work. It's going to be repetitive work. It's going to be mundane. It's going to be ordinary. It's going to be boring. It's going to be sometimes not fun. But that is the work that we've committed to with our home and family. We start to sink when our focus is away from God and focus on us, me, our circumstances, our feelings, our thoughts. Uh, Okay, let's add someone in there. Me and my husband. If our focus is me and my husband, me and my child, me and my friend, me and my family member, me and my neighbor, it's, it's not me and God. It's not me, my husband, and God. It's not me and my God, and I'll leave my husband out of this and wait for God to work it out with my husband. It's not me and God, and I'm going to continue to pray for my children and pray for their bad hearts, (laughs) their little sinful hearts, and just understand that they're eight, five, and four years old. Don't forget the 20-year-old. And... They need time and patience and love from me. 
duh, they're not going to work it out overnight. They need time. In the meantime, pineapple. It's me and God praying for them, praying over them. We start to sink when our focus is away from God and on the water, on the waves, on the wind. And you know, you cannot watch the wind, but you know what I'm saying? When faith turns to doubt, worry, and fear, our focus is away from God who can work it out, who gives us peace, and he's able to calm the wind and the waves. The first question that God ever asked Adam and Eve in the garden was, where are you? It was completely rhetorical. Adam and Eve were in a predicament where through a series of events, they doubted, disobeyed, and they they hid from God and lied to God. They were created naked and unashamed. After they sinned, they tried to cover and hide themselves. They were ashamed because they knew they were naked. Yet God created them naked and unashamed. God asked them, where are you? Not because he didn't know where they were. It was meant for them. And by extension, us to introspectively ask ourselves, where am I? What am I doing? What happened between yesterday when I was, quote, naked and unashamed, doing what God called me to do. Perfectly content, happy, kikian, <laughs> full of joy, walking with the Lord, you know, all the sunshine and rainbows. And then today, sinking and doubting everything. Really? How do we get this far so quick? I love how simple God's word is. A simple question can provide so much insight into the human condition. Where are you? This is what practicing the truth looks like for me. As a mom, I'm, I'm the steward of five little souls, me and my husband. God has entrusted me to raise these little, these precious souls. The days are going to be the same. Some days I'm going to be on top of the world doing everything right and things are running smoothly. Some days will just, they're just going to suck. And I have to embrace the good and the bad. God sees me on the good days and he sees me on the not so good days. That's the truth. I don't have to start going down that, that mental mindset of woe, why always me and becoming Eeyore. I can just simply stop it right there and just say, no, some days are going to be great. Some days are not going to be great. And God sees me on both days and it's fine. And yes, it's true. I'm going to have the same. I'm going to have to wash the same dishes, fold the same laundry, scrub the same toilets. That is the truth. So while I'm doing it, why am I being all grumbly about it? Oh, the same dishes. Oh, the same laundry. Like, um, yeah, that's the truth. It's, it's all the same. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's, that's true. Instead of focusing on the chore of doing the same repetitive work, I can focus on the goodness of God. Thank you, Lord, that I have laundry, dishes, a toilet, you name it. Instead of focusing on the chore and doing the same repetitive work, focus on God's goodness. Thank you for my children because my children will only be children for a brief season of time. And I'm thankful that I get to spend time with them at home with them in this season of life. That's a blessing. Thank you for the righteous burdens of raising a family and all that comes with pouring my heart out into my ministry at home. I say burdens because it is a burden, but it's a righteous burden. Thank you that my children had the advantage of having two parents in the home. 
a lot of children do not. Forgive me for losing sight of how you've called me to use my gifts to give you glory. And yet I'm complaining and whining and doubting. I confess I have more to learn about your design for marriage and family. And I thank you that you've put me in a position where you're ready to break up that hard ground and teach me. Speaking of marriage and family, let's go back to the garden and wrap up this this conversation of faith and doubt with Genesis chapter three. When the crafty serpent spoke, he simply posed a question. Did God really say? There's a difference between questioning God and asking a question. Nothing wrong with um, asking a question. Who, what, where, why, how, I get it. You know, have a conversation with God. But it's all about the intent of the heart. Do we question out of doubt or faith? God usually answers our question with a question as a means as a means for us to refocus our attention away from our circumstances in order to examine where we are in relation to where we should be, what we should be doing, whom we should be doing it with, the posture of our heart, the attitude he's called you to walk in, and so on. Where are you? Here's a pearl to wrap up the segment. The enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Kill your hope, steal your joy, and destroy the plan God has for your life, for your family, your marriage. God has called us to practice the truth. Start being honest with yourself. Do you doubt God, his goodness, his ability to hold you through your storm? grow your marriage, release you from the self-torment and provide peace and joy. Do you doubt that? Why? When you feel God breaking new ground in your heart, don't harden your heart. Embrace it. Thank him. God is light. There, there is no darkness in him. And the light exposes the darkness in us. As he is exposing some darkness, repent And as Philippians 2 says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. All right, that concludes the conversation for today. I trust the podcast encourages you to continue the conversation in your family circle. Stop by my IG and Facebook page at ACS Visions. Show me some love, share your comments on the episode and how this podcast is encouraging you. You can also visit my website at www.acsvisions.com. You'll find a link to send me an email if you'd like to show your support that way. As a reminder, episodes are published every Thursday. Be sure to like, subscribe, and follow on your favorite podcasting platform so you get notified the moment a new episode drops. Thank you for listening to the AC Visions Family Talk Podcast. Until next time.